Hey everybody, Daniel Ramsey here with my outcast. So today we have a different topic. Usually we're coming in and bringing like business ideas and kind of some tweaks and, and just teaching how to grow a business. But today we're actually talking about what would happen if disaster struck tomorrow. And so it, if you're listening to this, this is like one of those things. Are you ready if there was a flood, if there was a fire and everything in your office completely just like got eliminated? Like, what would you do? And the stats are kind of crazy in the, in the sense that 40% of businesses who actually experience a disaster, like fail. 100%. And this is a blind spot. When Nora, who's on here, I'm going to introduce in a second, she's talking to me and I'm thinking as a business owner, you know, we've got thousands of employees and I'm not prepared. And I was like, oh my God, we have to have her on our video to help our people get ready. And I mean, the world, the world's changing. Uh, we're in California. There's a huge uh, fire that's just ravaging through in 24 hours, in less than 24 hours, 6,700 structures are gone, an entire town completely destroyed. And I can tell you right now, if you're in business right now and you don't have a disaster plan, and if you're not working with someone like Nora, this is like the webinar, Facebook Live thing for you. I can tell you, as a business owner, we never think about the what if something went wrong scenario. And so today we've got Nora here. Um, what, she's like, she's got like, you know, a lot of credentials. So I'm gonna try to get them all right here. 16 years in emergency management, nine years owning her own business. She has a master's degree in this. She has a certification. She was on, she's been on a ton of wildfires, a pandemic, um, Katrina, Sandy, um, she's SBA Business Woman of the Year in Sacramento, so 2018, which is cool. Um, and most importantly, she's a MyOutDesk client. So we'll hear a little bit about how she's using her virtual professional and what she's doing. But Nora, thank you for coming on today. Thank you for having me. This is just an, it's a, a topic that's near and dear to my heart. And um, our goal is to not be the sky is falling oh my god what are we what's going to happen kind of person but just to say you have to assess what your risks are and once you assess those risks then you can then you can plan for those risks yeah. and a lot of people don't take the time to schedule and identify what those risks are so knowing what your risks are and then plan for them is how you can be better prepared for disaster and what's cool about nora is we have she's like the real deal like you were just volunteering over the weekend in the California fire that kind of destroyed an entire town. So like you walked in there and took charge and taught them how to do stuff. So we're going to get into that and we're going to have some stories. But if you're listening today, um, I want to be clear about what you're going to get. First of all, we're going to in this, we're going to teach you to think differently about your business and protect for major disaster. A uh, good friend of mine um, had to evacuate East Coast. Um, his wife, dog, you know, there was flooding and he and I were talking and he's like, I didn't even, I wasn't prepared. We had to stay in a hotel. I had a dog. It was, I mean, just no planning. Right. And so if, if you have, if you have a business and you have employees and you have customers, which I'm guessing you're going to have customers and you're going to have employees, right. Then this is the webinar for you. We're going to teach you to think differently today with Nora. Um, another benefit of that is, and Nora brought this up and I was like, oh yeah, 
when you think about being prepared, your employees, it's going to make a better culture for your employees because they're going to think, oh my gosh, the owner cares about me and has a plan in case there's a problem. So I think that's really important. So you're going to get, you know, some cultural shifts in your business and Nora will share with us how to do that. Um, and the big thing is uh, she's going to give away her 12 point assessment so that you're going to walk away from this and we'll post the links here um, live. So you're going to walk away with something to take a tool so you can implement after with and after this conversation and we'll go through the how to's. Um, but let's jump, let's jump right in. You had a story about Hawaii, which I, I mean, you know, in my mind, Hawaii is like this beautiful island, green beauty. What happened in Hawaii? Well, what happened in Hawaii is that there was a hurricane this summer. And when there was a hurricane, what we've done is we, we, we always have looked to history to say, this is what the issues are. This is, um, you know, this is what, what could happen if we had this kind of this flooding and how it might impact communities. Well, the historical modeling, they looked at what the models, what, what kind of flooding they've had related to hurricanes in the past, and they estimated 18 to 20 inches of rain. Huge, tons of auto rain, obviously. What they actually got was 47 inches of rain. And the reason is, is climate change. You know, like, we're, that we're not, I'm not going to get into debate to you whether it's, there is climate change or not. The point is, sea tides are, are, are rising or, or, or you know, we're, this is how, it's about climate change, change adaptation at this point. So that you can't look to, well, this has never happened here. So, you know, it's never happened before. So we don't have to worry about it. You know, even just last year uh, with the wildfires in the Bay Area in, um, in Napa and Sonoma, wildfire wasn't, that wasn't even a huge threat for them. For that was earthquake. And in the end, so the point is that, and then obviously we know what kind of devastation that happened. So the point is moving forward, it's, uh, it's real important to not just say, well, this will never happen, but by assessing what your risks are and having a discussion with you and your staff about what really could happen. Like, oh, you know, I had never considered. And it can be something very simple. Like we had one client that we went through this process called a hazard vulnerability analysis. And until we had done that, they, and we asked about their sewer, because that was one of the questions, you know, your sewer, your IT system, et cetera. And they figured out that they had lost six days of work over the last two years because of their sewer. Now, okay, what does that relate to emergency management? Well, they fixed the sewer and now we didn't have a future issue, which meant their business could continue. The whole point is minimizing those, those business interruptions. And a lot of people think it has to be from a presidential declared disaster. It doesn't. It could be a water main break in your own building and only affects your business. But that still means that you can't, you know, continue unless you have a process in place and mm -hmm. some contingencies for how to continue. That's cool. And so if you're listening right now, um, like I, I want to answer the question, why should you be on this call, right? So if you have employees, if you have client files, if, you, if you're in business, I mean, that's who should be here. Most business planners are like me. I, I'm always thinking, how can I grow my revenue? I'm not thinking about how do I protect my business? So this is a shift for most of us. And if you're here, like just go ahead and say hello, say where you're from, um, and know that Nora is open to um, answering questions. I've never personally met somebody who's worked on a pandemic. So tell me that story. Like, tell us what happened with that. 
That was pretty intense. So I worked at the time for the California Primary Care Association, representing the nonprofit community clinics and spent a lot of time with the California Department of Public Health in pandemic planning meetings. We spent um, many, many what I call Debbie Downer meetings to talk about the modeling will show from the 1918 pandemic, since we have 40 million people roughly in California, that we're gonna have all these deaths, where are we gonna put all these, ba you know, where are we gonna put all the dead bodies? We've had those kinds of conversations. And then H1N1 happened. You know, what we didn't count on with H1N1 was, yes, in fact, it was a pandemic because it was widespread. It just wasn't as deadly, thank the Lord, uh, as we expected. But um, the whole process of pandemic and the, and the transmission from person to person and, and understanding oh, how, you, how you protect your workers, how you protect your staff, how you protect, um, you know, uh, you know, kids from spreading those, you know, those germs widely, et cetera. That was just been an interesting process. So uh, when H1N1 hit, it was a quite experience to the day they declared the, um, who declared the, um, you know, pandemic. We were not, it was a Nazi situation. I remember at that point, I think I had to charge by phone like five times that day because I kept on like, I literally had cauliflower ear. I spent so much time on the phone with colleagues all over the country saying, oh, holy, holy hell, what are we going to do? And right. luckily we've been doing planning for seven years at that point. But, you know, it's still like, even though we're, we're prepared, we were better, fairly prepared, we still had gaps and there's always a, a better way of doing things. Yeah. And I think as a business owner, like you never really know how prepared you should be. I mean, things like, a, I was just thinking, because you said, phone calls, I was thinking, gosh, if there was a disaster here and we couldn't come to work, how, who would call who and how would we, what would we tell our clients? Like, I haven't worked out any of that communication we, stuff. We do that. So that's part of a, the part of our planning process. We'd set up a call tree. We've cut, set up a system to call your staff, to call your patients, to call your customers, whatever that is, and put out a communi alternate communication plan of how are you going to communicate to staff and what to say to them and how to staff them? And then also yeah. for your customers, you know, put information on your, your social media, on your website, you know, our, our facilities closed. We're now treating patients. If you're happening, you know, we work a lot with healthcare organizations. So that's our go-to, but you know, if you're an organization that you're now going to do what you run your business out of an alternate location, you know, and that's something that we always consider is like, you have to think ahead of, where else could you, you know, and because you've got mod and, you know, you're using virtual assistants, you understand the virtualness of our, you know, of our process. But the point is you have to think of, um, that's part of the, the questions that we ask about your recovery strategies. You know, yeah. uh, a lot of people like to think that you just have to have everything in place. You don't, but you should think what has to come up within two hours, four hours, six hours, you know, 24 hours, 72 hours of your business process your supply chain, your staff, your facility, your location, um, and in your IT system. So that was that when we do business continuity planning, that's what we, those kinds of questions that will probe to you and have you think about what those things look like. That's crazy. We have a, um, what's cool is we already have a question coming in. Yay! Who is the ideal candidate in the business who should own the responsibility for like the process and the drills and like- right. Uh, as a small business owner or even a medium-sized business, like who owns that? 
So that's an excellent question because it's going to live in different places, different at different different types, depending on your size of your organization. Like it might be in someone that's your operations department. That's a good place for it to live because they're already knowing what your business process is. You know, it depends on what your business type is. Um, what you don't want to do is solely focus it on IT because that's that's the old way of thinking around business continuity. Of, oh, well, my data is backed up. I can still run my business. Well, your data is one critical piece to your business, but so is your business process, your IT system, your, your payroll system, and your, you know, all those kinds of things. It's also your, your people that are going to run these things and your actual work location. Are you going to work remotely? Are you going to work from, um, you know, from, can you work part and part of your business? And also supply chain, supply chain's an issue too. So um, it's gonna live in different places, but ideally what you wanna do is have it be multidisciplinary. This is the, the one big hot tip we wanna share with you is that you, it, you don't wanna have it rest on one person's shoulders, number one. If yeah. you have four or five departments and, you're, and maybe two, and maybe you're a small business, a team of five, you know, who does operations? You kind of wanna have a, a several people um, to think about what your Vulture business process is and, and, and what kind of plans you should do, et cetera. You want to, it's going to live in different places based on your, on your business size, but ideally you want to have it to be someone that represents your IT and your operations and your admin so that you're looking holistically about your business because if you only have your IT person lead the effort, ideally it's only going to be an IT focused event. And, a plan and that's only one critical piece but not your only piece to your business yeah makes sense what's interesting about what you're like talking about is i like how in depth does do should all of the employees be like i i you know i wouldn't know how much time to spend on this what's reasonable would right. you run meetings that's and a really good question so what we like to do is we like to have come some kind of safety committee you know, a small subset of folks that actually help develop the plan. But right. then once the plan is developed and really how you operationalize it is you involve the staff and you train the staff on what your procedures are, what your process is. And so that they, one, have like, hey, my employer really cares about whether I know what, what our shelter in place policies or evacuation policy is, et cetera. Um, mm -hmm. What's also important so you and, and how you really um, give them the muscle memory so it's actually living and breathing is training and testing. So we test the plan with drills and exercises. And those drills can be a discussion-based exercise that we do all the time or a full-scale exercise, lights and sirens. You know, we, again, we work mostly with healthcare organizations. So 50 fake patients with blood and impalements. We can do all those things, but really that you bring it together with that training and testing piece and then what's more important is it's not you're just doing a drill for the sake of a drill the whole point is you want to fail spectacularly during a drill but not during disaster so you want to fail because you want to fail and find out where your plan gaps are oh right. well we when we developed the plan we thought of this but when we ran through the scenario we found we did other you know we needed other resources or we needed other people or we forgot something and then you take those plan findings, write an after action report, uh, which our director of training and exercises, Chris, just loves to do, writes those, uh, those exercise uh, reports, those after action reports, 
and actually implement your improvement plan to say, here's a plan gaps are, and then you update the plan based on those findings. Is this a, and we're gonna cut real quick to talk about your virtual professional and, and then we'll sure. continue. Um, but is this a six month process? Give somebody a, an idea of like how long it will take for somebody like me who we, we don't have a lot of plans. I mean, I think right. we have fire and um, yeah, we have fire because it's fire. Okay. Yeah, fire because it's required. Um, for a small organization, I mean, we could probably probably get start to finish in about three months, and that would be we with the process that we've used and we've worked successfully is we do a hazard vulnerability analysis to identify what your risks are. We um, do uh, look at what your existing plans are, and if you have none, that's a little bit easier in some ways because we're kind of starting from scratch. But we right. have templates that we've created that are you know, proprietary to us that we're with our clients and that we kind of have all the key elements that you need to have of, you know, orders of succession and who's in charge right. and how you activate and who's in, all those kinds of things. So we, we do that. And then we get up, get, you know, back and forth on the plan. Then we um, train you on what the plan elements are. So your staff knows what those things are. You sit with that and then we do an exercise to test it. And then we update the plan. So it's an iterative process. I would say, you know, three, maybe six months, depending on, you know, other, other things you have going on. But our goal is to not just give you a piece of paper. It's the planning process that's very valuable that also helps to give you that muscle memory of, oh, yeah, now, now I remember what we're doing. Except right. I love it. Okay. You know, real quick, because... I get an opportunity where my outdesk is 10 years old, 5,000 clients. I get an opportunity to talk to a lot of business owners, just like yourself, Nora. And what's cool is I love how you're using your virtual professional because that's how I started using them. Right. So what I, let's talk a little bit about how you've kind of harnessed, you know, the virtual model to make you more efficient and drive more revenue for your business. So for us, so um, Jerome, he is really good on our website. He's making sure we're doing a website revamp right now um, and saying, hey, by the way, you know, we want to make sure you get, you know, pulling off whether great photos or pulling together our blogs in a better way and reorganizing things. So he's great at that. He's scheduling. I mean, we, we always want more clients and we always, you know, the other thing that we always value is channel partners. So yeah. whether you're a consultant that does something similar to what we do or whether it's an IT system. So we're always doing, um, so he does tons of scheduling for us for existing clients. Um, um, there's one right now. Yeah, there's one right now. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah. And, and so, et cetera. So he does a lot of scheduling for us and for our staff, uh, for their clients, which are all over the country, by the way, we've just been blessed that we have, we've done projects in 32 states. And um, uh, so that's exciting. Um, what I also appreciate about him is that he keeps our staff informed and, you know, running our staff meetings and come on, we got to get together. We've got to get together and work all these projects. So he's appreciate, I appreciate that about him. Awesome. I do want to say what I what I love is your your guy is scheduling. You're keeping track of your calendar, getting you in front of more clients, organizing your day. Because what we do is, it, and we help people grow revenue, and then we help save them 
money. In fact, we're about 60% of the, you know, we're going to save you 60% on your, on staffing. So the way you're using your virtual professional is phenomenal. And I think if you're listening to this call and you're thinking about it, you know, we'd be happy to do a consultation. We're also going to give away Nora's 12 point um, like assessment, risk assessment, so that she can like kind of guide you through. And if you fill that out and you want to meet with her, she's been gracious enough to give you a 30 minute consultation on top of that. So just jump on our website, sign up, say you want Nora's 12 point assessment um, and, and come talk to us about saving money and growing your company. So three to six months to build the thing and then we'll test it. What if, I mean, as, as a business owner and, you know, let's say you're, you know, between, you know, a million bucks and 10 million is kind of the norm right. Right. base. Um, what would you say uh, the cost should be to create this plan? It depends if you want both an emergency operations plan and a business continuity plan. But ideally what we like to do, we also do IT disaster recovery plans too. Basically, the more services you kind of add on, the better, um, the better rate we can give you. And yeah. our goal is to meet your budget as best we can. I would say budget, um, you know, between 10 to 20,000, uh, depending. Um, and again, that might be we just, we, you might re, we might be refreshing what you currently have, or maybe we'll just do a plan review, or maybe just develop, develop your training and exercise program. Yeah. So, so that's the other thing too. I'd say that the issue is, is it's a good investment in making sure that you know what to do. The whole point of these plans is not just to give you a plan, but so you know who to call, what to say, what steps to take, you know, what moving forward, what the recovery looks like. That's what you, that's what you get out of the process. And oftentimes your insurance company might give you some kind of discount if you have a business continuity plan in place or right. a plan, you know, if you have a robust system. Um, and one other tip that I'd also offer is look for your staff that either, you know, has a bent for preparedness. Maybe they're a Girl Scout leader. Maybe they are ex-EMS or they were in the military. They kind of have a and help them to develop your culture of preparedness. That's cool. Add them to your safety team. I love that. Um, okay, so if, um, first of all, like I said in the beginning, 40% of businesses fail when there's a disaster. So in my world, 10,000 to 20 is, is fine, especially if um, it's gonna take that number to zero if a disaster hits us and right. you know, we, we just won't fail. That, that for me feels good. Um, your 12 point assessment, if I'm listening right now and I wanna just kind of, you know, go through that and really kind of design, what's the, you know, what are the main disasters to worry about as an entrepreneur and, and what is the thinking associated with those disasters? Sure. The 12 point assessment really gets you to ask you and your team, and it might be your team of five or 50, I don't know what that number looks like, but, um, Get you to think about, it's based on, our 12-point assessment is based on industry best practices. Right. Do you have robust plans? Have you thought about orders of succession? Have you ever thought of who's going to be in charge? Have you thought about putting together a business continuity plan to identify your alternate business process? Do you have some kind of, have you have past, past experience with disasters? 
How did that impact your business? You know, have you, what have steps have you taken moving forward? It's, it's a more of a, for you to assess for yourself, what we encourage you to do is give us a call. Send, you know, schedule, you know, Jerome will send, be happy to send you um, a meeting request. Um, reach out to us because we want to um, ensure that, um, we want to make sure you know what to do. Because here's moving forward. We're going to continue to have more severe weather events, regardless of where you are in the world. We're going to continue to have more severe weather events. It's just going to get worse. At this point, it's about resiliency. We want to make your organization as resilient as possible. And by thinking this in advance, you know, no one wants to think, this is, this is not dead sexy, okay? I'm sorry to say. Yeah. Look for things... Um, but it will make your organization more resilient and more importantly, make your business be able to be, not be in that 40% of category that does fail when disaster strikes. And again, disaster doesn't have to be, you know, a presidential declared disaster. It could be your water main building. I mean, I had a really small story of the, a business that they lost their, um, their supply chain, their, uh, a restaurant and they, um, a pot pie restaurant in Placerville, that it was one of my favorite ones. We went to, my family went there all the time and um, they lost their supplier and they couldn't find an alternate supplier. So they went out of business. So I, I will go, cause I'm, so we're in Sacramento, California and I would go to Tahoe and that pot pie place. I know, Z pies. Yeah, it was my, one of my favorite places. My ours too. My oh kid my. Like, would only go camping past the Z pie place because he knew he's yeah. going to go to Z pie. Well, they're closed because they lost their, their, they lost their supply chain. They couldn't, wow. they couldn't find a supplier for, for one of their key ingredients for their pot pies and they're gone now. So. Jeez. What's, what are some of, I mean, we talked briefly and you, you explained that 90% of disasters are water-based. That's right. So, uh, let's go through the like top five disasters and talk well, about it. It could be related to like a storm surge related to a hurricane. It could be related to a storm surge related to a tornado. It could be related to uh, a tsunami. Um, it could just be related to historic floods like we saw last summer um, in hurricane, you know, with the hurricanes. Um, so, you know, we, no one ever predicted 67 inches of rain, but that's what we had. And moving forward, Again, we can't count on historical modeling to tell us what the future will bring. So that's so that's what it's all about. But so ninety percent of uh, and those floods are horrific and they do more damage than you'd ever think because it's not just the flood itself. So let's say you clear out your building and you take all the water out. Well, you're probably left with mold. So then there's all those environmental issues you have to deal with and um, getting out, getting back in a building after there's been a flood you know, is a, is quite a, quite a, uh, a tough one. And yeah. Sacramento where we are, you know, obviously there's other places around the world, but you know, we have the highest flood risk in the nation. And um, so it's not going to take much in order to bring a sort of floods to, Cal to Sacramento. Um, we have the exact same levee design and that's, and, and they do in many communities around the world and, and around the country. So the point is moving forward, just knowing what your risks are. Right. And having a, a process that we can walk through with you, which doesn't take that take a lot of time. It maybe takes an hour to walk through where the risks are. And the risk can be everything from a cyber breach to a flood to a, you know, to a water main break and what that means and how that might impact your business. 
So Russia could break into my computers and if I spend time with you, you're gonna stop them. We'll do our best. Yeah, I love it. More uh, I love it. Okay, so at, other than water, like what are the next two, three? I mean, if you're in California, like we are. Earthquake. I mean, okay. our earthquake, Rick, is, it, it's off the charts. But the issue with earthquake is that we've seen so many communities that have done fracking. Believe it or not, the risk of the earthquake risk in Oklahoma and other places where they do a lot of fracking is almost the same risk as California due to the, the fracking. So wow. that's a, earthquake is a huge one. I mean, we used to say there's a joke about California. Sure, we have four seasons, flood, fire, flu, and earthquake. Those are- <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, flood, fire, flu, and earthquake. I love right. it. Um, well, the other thing too is I'm sorry to say active shooter. I mean, this is not, yeah. this is, you know, it's, it's gone of the days that this is, you know, it was, oh my God, that never happened. There's been over 300, I think close to 300 shootings already this year that are, you know, and, and it's a matter of uh, th that situation we don't want to see. So that's something that we do too. We have our trainer, director of training and exercises that is a master exercise practitioner. We do active training. We've done active shooter uh, drills with clients during their work hours, you know, yeah. and trying to and work with law enforcement to bring them in to teach them the Rudheim fight skills and to teach them how to do that. Um, ransomware is a, I'm sorry, the cyber breach is, is a really high threat for many. And it used to be just for large, you know, it used to be just for large companies. You know, you see small organizations now being impacted by ransomware um, or a data breach that, um, that really can impact and um, cripple your ability to be able to use your IT and, and, and uh, yeah. systems. That active shooter thing, it's even impacted me a little bit. Um, real quick though, James has already requested the 12 point risk assessment. Great. Happy to give it to you. Yeah, we'll get that to you, James. Um, I'm a wrestling coach at a local high school and this year, um, you know, we've seen some of Nora's work just this year because all the gates are closed until the bell rings. And then the moment the bell rings and school's out, they open the gate, but they only open it for 10 minutes. So there's like a 10 minute window for me to get into the school after school's over. And otherwise I have to go around and use my key to get in. And I think I, you know, that is just, that's the reality of today's world. Schools, um, large office complex. I, you know, we're just, we're in a different space um, and sure. we've never been in. Like when I was a kid, you know, getting into a fight was kind of the normal, you know, now it's like a whole new world, you know? It is, um, you know, we just did also a workplace violence um, policy webinar. If anyone would like to know, we'd be happy to send you the recording of that. We did yeah. it with a local um, HR consulting firm. And what we're talking about is as a manager, what are good things to know and how to develop a good solid workplace violence policy so we'd be happy to send you that that recording yeah we'll grab that that'd be that'd be amazing okay guys um so a lot of stuff's going on here i want to kind of circle this up we're almost done i'd like to keep us you know to 30 minutes or so um but so we're going to get you nora's 12-point assessment for sure jump on myoutdesk.com ask for a consultation and we can get you the video we can get you her contact information, everything you need um, to 
to basically move your business forward and, and be prepared for disaster. Um, and if, if you need help, that's what we do. We help people with leverage. Um, we've got a question from Facebook. How does Mod manage its offshore employee dis disaster plan? Um, well, here, here's an interesting thing about our, our biggest risk over there is typhoons. Um, it's Southeast Asia. There's every year we have them. Um, so we have two things. We have a backup internet plan. So everybody has their primary and then everybody has a secondary. We also have a secondary location. So if one area is flooded, I mean, I have pictures, this, this sinks heart, you know, to our heart of who we are and what we do because every year we deal with disaster multiple times. Um, but we have this photo, it's a great photo of one of our virtual professionals who works for a dear friend of mine and a client. Um, she is on her roof with her laptop and a bag, her kid and her entire building is flooded. And she's on like the third story or something like this. So we just, we have massive plans in the Philippines about how to protect not only, um, not only your virtual professional and, and their family, but also be able to come back to work when the water's, you know, um, gone down. Um, but this is just a reality of our business because we're in Asia. Right, and that actually happened during the monsoon about a month ago with our virtual professional. He has an alternate, he just used his phone, he tethered his phone in order for us to connect and um, we stayed in touch and um, you know, we made sure that he was okay from related to the floods and where he was um, so that we want to obviously make sure that he's okay and yeah. we communicated in that way. Well, Nora, um, thank you for your time. This has been phenomenal, guys. Reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, and, and thanks for helping us think differently. We're hoping. We're hoping. You know, it's just a matter. This is, a. am sorry to say, a brave new world. And uh, anything we can do to support you, we're happy to do it. All right, Nora. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks, thank guys, you. for coming. Bye. Bye-bye.